0: Alright guys, thank you for joining me here on Just Our Real Estate. I am so excited to have you here today. I'm excited to be with you and uh, man, I just can't tell you how appreciative I am that you have chosen to spend time with me. There's a lot of ways that you can be productive and a lot of things you can do with your time and the fact that you're choosing to spend part of your day with me means a lot to me and I definitely do not take it for granted. I am really excited also to bring this episode to you today. It's a good one. I really think you're going to love it. And the name of the game here is to deliver really great information, stuff that you can take action on, stuff that you can apply to your business and really utilize to get you to where you want to be in your real estate business. And I think we've accomplished that today. Before we get started though, I wanna talk about a company that I am super excited about. This is like the greatest find of the 21st century in my business. Uh, These guys have been directly responsible for a real spike in in my sales, and my bottom line. The company I'm talking about it is uh, AdWords Nerds. And these guys are awesome. Dan Barrett runs the company and just a super cool guy. I mean, I, I think we're almost like, I, I think we're friends. I hope we're friends. We're getting to be friends. He is helping me just explode my business. These guys are the only fully certified Google Partners that work expressly and exclusively with real estate investors like you and me. Um, the, it's just they're they're amazing. They're a proprietary in-house AdWords system, and they work just with real estate guys. You know, like like we are. And I can tell you from my business, I uh, I'm working with Dan, and and I basically have hired him to help me. Find motivated sellers in my market. Right when people type in "sell my house fast" or whatever, uh, it's Dan's job to make sure that my website comes up on top. And let me tell you, they do. Month one, we we it was directly responsible for tens of thousands of dollars worth of business in my company month one. They're an A-plus rated, better business bureau company. And it's just... They're 100% transparent, super client-focused. I mean, Dan is like the best guy ever. And I'm telling you, the results are nothing short of amazing. They don't lock you into a long-term contract. It's month to month. So you're free to leave at any time. And exclusively for you guys, my listeners... They will give you an hour of coaching time, which is normally $297. That's what they charge for an hour of consultation. They are going to give you that for free. You cannot, you you can't not do that. Go check them out, guys. It's adwordsnerds.com forward slash Mike, or you can go to juststartrealestate.com on the right-hand side click on the AdWords Nerds banner, it'll take you to their site, you'll get that exclusive hour of of coaching time and consultation absolutely free. I know once you talk to these guys, you are going to decide, just like I did, you have to have this in your business, guys. People are searching the internet, looking for you more and more every single day. And if you're not there for them, they're going to go to the guy who is hiring Dan to run their AdWords campaign. You don't want to lose out on that business. You certainly don't want to miss out on the opportunity to explode your business like I have. Go check them out, adwordsnerds.com forward slash Mike, or go to just our real estate, click on the AdWords Nerds banner. They'll take you right there. You are going to thank me. Okay, let's get into the show. All right, guys. Thanks for joining me here again on Just Start Real Estate. I am here again with my partner, Mike Cowper. How you doing today, Mike?
1: I am doing extremely well. Thanks for having me on again.
0: Awesome. No, this is cool. This is good. I think we're getting a lot of good stuff in terms of uh, just answering questions people deal with all the time. I mean, we, we do coaching, obviously, and we deal with a lot of different investors from around the country. And that gives us a really good idea of what it is that people kind of struggle with when they're trying to build their business. And just some of the things that they ask us kind of over and over again, we see with different students, it helps us really answer the questions that people are asking, right? Instead of us trying to figure it out, what people want want to know when they're starting off this kind of gives us a really good opportunity to see what those questions are so to that point today what i thought we would go over and cover is something that's sort of in your wheelhouse, something that you're really good at and something that you talk about all the time with our students from around the country, and that is overcoming seller objections. So we're wholesalers. We send out a lot of mail and it generates a lot of calls and we go on a lot of appointments trying to buy homes from, from sellers who are in various situations where they need to sell their house. But inevitably, when you go out there and talk to them, there's objections. There's there's questions, concerns, and things that they say that don't always allow us to get the contract on the first appointment. Or even if we do get the contract on the first appointment, there's definitely things that come up during that conversation that we have to overcome or at least answer. I don't want to make it sound like we're like you know overcoming like no you, you know you don't understand. Let us buy your house. But it's more stuff they say. We call them objections, but they're really just questions, right? Concerns that people have. And I thought it'd be cool to go over some of those today if you're good with that.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. You're right. That's one of the biggest sticking points for a lot of people, because maybe not everyone's a natural salesperson. I mean, to be completely honest, I wasn't. I went through a lot of training and trial and error, and that's kind of how I got to where I am, you know, 10 years later. But uh, what you said is extremely true, right? It's a conversation you have with somebody, understanding where they're coming from and trying to answer whatever hesitations they might have.
0: Right, and let's face it. I mean, most people think you know you sell through a realtor, and it's like you know the realtors sort of hand, and it's very conventional when you go through a realtor. But buying from a wholesaler or buying from an investor like us, it's different. So you know they have rightfully so they have questions and concerns and things that come up. So I've made a list of uh, the objections that I've heard you talk about and that I have experienced in the brief time that I've been on sales calls. Um, But once once we kind of hit these. Let me know if there's any that I'm missing that you know that come up a lot that people ask you about, and then we'll we'll answer those as well. But I thought it might be cool to hit some of these that that I hear a lot. Yeah, that sounds great. All right, let's do it. All right, so the first one I wrote down is that you're talking to the seller and you're kind of trying to get them to the point where you can talk about price and, and whether or not they're going to you know be interested in our price, and they say okay. Um, that's great. That's your offer. I'd like to collect quotes from other investors that are going to be coming over after you. I want to hear everyone's offer before I take anybody's. What do you, what do you say to that kind of objection or that, that response to, hey, are you ready to sign and, and, and do this?
1: Well, the first thing I try to do with that. So, you know, if you said that to me exactly right now, I'd probably go back with, well, what is it that makes you uncomfortable with going with me right now?
0: Right. And then I think a lot of times it's like, well, I, I just want to make sure that I'm getting the best price, and and I, I want to talk to all the other investors who've called me and and see who's going to give me the best price.
1: Okay. No, that's that's absolutely fair, and and I totally understand where you're coming from. However, we look at you know. 15 20 properties every week and we buy 15 or 20 a month. So in order for me to earmark these funds for you, I'd have to have a decision rather quickly just because I've got two more appointments after you and I'm going to try and buy both of those houses as well. So I can't promise this price after I leave right now. Um you know that that doesn't mean it's not going to be here. I, I definitely want to talk with you about it. But why don't you let me know when you are ready to make a decision? Then, then I can actually give you our, our offer then and get a better understanding of what you're at and, and where
0: we have to be to make that work. Right. And it's important for people to kind of hear that. We're not pressuring, like, you sign now or I'll never come back or whatever. Sometimes we're fine with saying, that's fine. You're, you don't sound ready to go. You don't sound like you're ready to sell. Let me know when you're serious about selling your house, right? I mean, it's, it's okay to, if you have to do that takeaway.
1: That's the thing, right? You know, you don't want to be desperate ever. That's when you don't have the power position, you don't feel confident, and people start to lose faith in you. Truly, if you say, "Hey, you have to sign right now," I mean, nobody likes the sales pressure. You know, sometimes it does have to be applied, and sometimes people just are, are wishy-washy, and you have to kind of help guide them into the right decision. But if they're, you know, have nine different investors coming out to take take a look. Well, one, I'm just going to kind of do that takeaway and say, look, I'm looking at other houses and I can't promise that this is going to be around forever. We are one of the most, if not the most established firms in our area. And, you know, a lot of people take a weekend seminar and they're not going to be the most reliable. We have the ability to do what we say we're going to do. But sometimes that doesn't mean we're the highest price. What's important to you?
0: Right. And and that's not only effective, but it's true. Uh, Everyone kind of experiences this. It's like, you know, we hear this sometimes from our students. Wow, there's just a lot of competition all of a sudden. Well, it's probably because HGTV's latest flip this whatever celebrity has come through town and had a seminar and said, send out mail and go make offers. And, you know, so people start making crazy offers. So you get some of those that cyclical effect of of seminar people coming through town and getting everyone excited about going and buying houses and and they don't really know what they're doing and their offers are too high. And, you know, they end up kind of fizzling out because they're not they're not really doing the business the right way. They're just sort of like making crazy offers and all excited about it. But you know they cause a little bit of a stir, and then then they tend to be gone. So yeah. So the takeaway I think is is huge. And, and like, hey, you know, when you're ready to roll, let me know. And and by the way, these other investors may or may not be experienced. They may or may not have the funds. They may or may not close. You know, they might not perform. So.
1: Now to, to that point too, like I don't want to discourage people that are new and have gone to those weekend seminars. I, I think they're much, mostly fluff, which is not a big deal, but be careful about some of the things in the way you present it. See, we're totally honest with everybody. We're not telling them anything that's a lie, a misinterpretation um, or anything like that. We're, we're totally honest with them. And to be honest, if you're a new person you know, everyone starts somewhere, I was new, Mike was new at some point. So we're not trying to discourage that. Just be honest with the people that you're talking with. Like, look, Hey, you know, I might not be as big as somebody else, but you know what? You're going to be a hundred percent of my focus and attention. You know, if, if something goes off the rails, I'm going to give you everything I've got where someone else, you know, if, if I was countering me, <laughs> I might say something like, you know, they, they, they have so much going on. Are you going to be their top president? I mean, obviously we've got a team in place that they would be our top priority and everyone is, but, you know, try and figure out what your competitive advantage is, right? Not everybody has the same one. and That's what makes everyone unique. Not everyone goes after the same people. Not everyone gets along with everybody. You know, someone that I go and visit might just not jive with me when, you know, Jen goes out there and they might fall in love with her. So that's one of those things. You never know who you're talking to and and how you've connected. So don't be afraid to ask the questions. You know,
0: why not me? Why not now? Yeah, totally. And that's a good point. Not to discourage new investors. I think it's great to make offers to go out there. But when you go to a, you know, a, an hour or two hour seminar and you don't really have all the tools in the tool belt that you should have to go out and make that offer. You don't understand what's involved, you can't evaluate a house properly, and just go out and start making crazy offers. That's that's the thing you have to be a little concerned about. But everyone was new at some point, so that's true. And like you said, the great point is there's always sort of a, a defense or or an answer or a response. To hey, you know we're the biggest and best in town, and, and we've done this hundreds of times, and we're reliable. You're right. When you're little, you go, yeah, that's that's great, but you're you're my only house that I'm buying, so every, you know I'm very invested in making sure this goes through. That would be like you said, the counter to maybe somebody like us in town. If you're a little smaller than than the other companies in your area, all right. Go, I'm sorry, do you have something else to say on that one?
1: No, no. The, I guess the only thing is kind of with the the weekend stuff. And and like we do coaching, right? So this isn't a pitch or anything, but those weekend ones basically are just fire you up and send you out on your way like a loose cannon, not really knowing which way to point in direction. Make sure you do take the time to understand what you're going to be offering, why you're going to be offering. I mean, that's, that's probably the biggest part of being competitive is understanding that property truly and being able to go and talk intelligently about it because then you have confidence in it. Then you know what you're saying is true and people can read that really easily, even if maybe they don't call you out on it. Subliminally, people understand when someone knows what they're talking about and when they don't.
0: Yep. Totally agree with that. Okay. I'm going to combine a couple other ones. I'm looking at my list here and I, I think you're going to give me the same answer to both of them. So I'm going <laughs> to I'm going I'm to, kind of combine them. All right. So the next objection, you come out, talk to them and they say, you know what? I'm not really sure that I'm ready to sell. I need to think about this a little bit. No other people coming out. They're not They're not claiming anyone else is going to give them a price. But after talking, they just say, I'm, I need to think about it. What is it that you're concerned about? Well, I just don't know if if I'm ready to sell. I th- I thought I was, but but I'm not really sure. I just I don't know. I got to I want to talk to my wife, I want to talk to my kids. I want to you know, think about it. We might be moving out of state. We might like there's kind of like that wishy-washy like just don't want to commit kind of an answer.
1: Yeah, I mean, with something like that, I it, it's tough to really pin them down because you can't force people to make a decision. But right. in that particular scenario, I'd say, okay, well, when do you think you'd be ready to make a decision by? And is there anything that I haven't been clear about? That is a hesitation to you, because I want to make sure that you totally understand the entire process, everything about us, what it might look like, because I understand you probably don't do this a whole lot. You know, we do this all day, every day, and sometimes I might miss something. So what is it that might concern you or what concerns might your wife or family have so I can give you the information and pass it along?
0: Yeah. And I think sometimes because we we kind of coach our students to go on a point like err on the side of going on the appointment and just try it. Sometimes they might get this because they're going on appointments where people who maybe weren't super motivated, but agreed to let them come out. So you got to remember, they they agreed to let you come out. So they might be a little more interested in selling than they're letting on. And maybe this is just their negotiation tactic. Who knows what people sometimes think. But I, I agree with you, Mike. I think it's an, it's an excellent point to make. If they're kind of like, I don't know, I'm not really sure they might just not be clear on what's happen and what you know what how this goes or there might be some question you didn't answer and they don't want to ask because they they feel funny who who knows but a lot of times it's just lack of clarity maybe so it's a good point to circle back and say you know is there something i didn't explain or is there something that I didn't cover when we while we were talking that you might still have questions about or concerns about. So I think just going back and clarifying it and then like you said, finding out when would you have a better idea that you want to sell, like what when, when would be a good time to call you back and get that follow up appointment or get that follow up um, uh, task or, you know, like the the next step kind of a thing, yeah?
1: That's huge. That's that's the biggest part of it, right? If someone's not ready to make a decision and they're pushing you off. OK, so when can you make a decision by and then get that date? OK, so if I call you this day, you're going to be ready to tell me yes or no, because we're totally fine with a no. We, we we don't buy every house we walk into. So I'd love to be able to buy your house, but I want it to be a win win as much as we can.
0: Yep, absolutely. OK, let's try this one. Um, uh, all right. So you, you make an offer. You get to the point where you make the offer. And they say, uh, "I, I, that's way too low. My house is worth way more than that." You know, they, they 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 object to the price. Yeah,
1: that one's a tough one sometimes. But what I typically try to do is come in with a price that's about as close as I can get to getting thrown out of the front door without them actually doing it. So we've we've already covered, you know, their their why's, their hows, their whats, their whens, and what they're hoping to get for it typically. And when we get to this price point, I'm trying to build a case for, okay, here, here's where we'd have to be at based on X, Y, Z needing to be done. You know, Obviously, we're still investors. We do have to make a profit on, the, on this project. So all that being considered, I'd want to be at $20,000. No, 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 no. That's way, way, way too low. Oh, okay. Well, what do you think
0: the best you can do is then? And then what do you do? you wait, right? Silence. Silence Silence is the best negotiator. It really is. You've told me that, but I I totally agree.
1: Yeah. I mean, there has been times where I literally sat in a guy's basement and stared at him for five minutes waiting for him to respond and ended up getting the contract. Because people don't want to give away their information. They want us to do all the work. So when we're making an offer, we've given ours. Now it's their turn to share what their best number is. And then once they give you that number, then that's where the true negotiation begins. Now you're working between whatever theirs is and whatever offer yours was. And maybe they came down to what your strike price is. And and if you want to try and eke out a little bit more, you can. But by building the case for why, tying it back into their 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 reasonings, you know, that they said they wanted to sell, and it's it's more than money most of the time. People have a place to go. They have, you know, taxes coming up. They've foreclosed on their house. Um, you know, they lost their job. There's there's a million different reasons why they're going to sell. But tying it back to that is, we can solve your problem now, and that's by us buying your house at a price that we can make it work for us and trying to convince them that, you know, that's something that would work for them doesn't always work out. You don't get every single one of them, but at the same time, you want to ask them that question, you know, well, what is the best you can do then? And then just let them answer and don't try to put numbers in their head or you've already done that. You've anchored them with the first number and that first offer you've put in place. And now it's their turn to tell you and just sit there and look at them. And then if they say, well, I don't know. So, so how would you plan on selling your house? if You don't know what you want for it. That, yeah. I mean, I tried to do that on the phone up front just to, just to get them to say anything. I mean, they could say it's a billion dollars. Okay, how'd you come up with that? So, you know, they have, to, they have to tell me a number before I really give them mine. I mean, I need to know a little bit about what they're hoping to get. And that's how I usually go back at them. If they don't, is, you know, well, if you don't know what you want for the house, how,
0: how are you gonna be able to sell it to us? So that's a good point, right? Everyone says the first one to say a number loses. Do you give them that anchor price before you get, ask, ask them to give you their price? or do you prefer to let them give you the price first?
1: I like them to give me the price first. I usually get them on the phone to say it once, and then when I'm on the appointment, when I'm walking around with them, just you know, nonchalantly, Whoa, what were you hoping to get again? I can't remember. Just when I'm walking around visually inspecting the house, you know, yeah. taking my notes, talking to them, kind of, just during regular conversation, what was it again that you said you wanted for this? And then I totally disregard it basically, unless it's a number that really works for us, and then I might make a soft pass and trying to get it just a little bit lower, just because I don't think people like getting told that what they told you is exactly what works. Cause then they feel like they, they, they've been gotten, but, um, you know, I usually try and get that out of them. And then once I have that, idea, I just have a a general ballpark, but then that's where I come with an offer. I can anchor them hopefully low enough to a point where they go, Oh wow, I'm way out of base.
0: Yeah, totally. Totally. So in your scenario where you said you, you would, you know, you offer 20,000, if they, if you walk through and say, what was your price again? And they say 60,000. So then you would still offer the 20, even though it's insanely lower than what they said they wanted.
1: If I can justify it, yes. And for the most part, I can justify any offer I make that's, you know, a real offer. You know, I mean, I can offer $1,000 to everybody. I walk to their house. That's not real. But if I go through their house and it truly needs 20 grand in work, okay, 60 might make sense, Mr. and Mrs. Seller. But I need to put $20,000 into this and and, you know, because we have to fix up the bathrooms, we've got to update that kitchen. You know about millennials these days. They're lazy. They don't want to buy anything without granite countertops and stainless steel. That's much more expensive. They're, they don't like to buy as is houses, even if it's in as great a shape as you've kept it in. We're still going to have to update all of this stuff. And that, that costs a fair amount of money. Do you have the time or money or energy to do that?
0: Yeah. And that's a fair point, too. When when you're going through a house and you're, and you're going to if you're going to share uh, renovation Uh, budgets or renovation costs. Remember, what we pay as investors should be and usually is significantly less than what a homeowner will will legitimately pay to get that work done. So if you can get a whole kitchen done, new ceramic tile, new cabinets, new stainless steel appliances, new everything, and you can do that for, say, $6,500... Chances are the homeowner trying to do the same thing is going to spend over 10000 it's just, yeah. It's it's, it's real, it's true, and we have to remember the numbers that we get, they don't get. So definitely don't be afraid to kind of inflate the numbers of the renovation because in their world, those are real numbers, right? Those inflated numbers are real.
1: You can even kind of flip it on them. So so if you were to update your kitchen, how much do you think that would cost? You know, putting in the granite, getting the stainless steel plant, ask them. And then if they give you some bogus number, then you can go, okay, well, because most people look at Zillow, right? They they think Zillow's their their price. Scroll down to renovations part of Zillow and say, huh, kitchens are 20 grand here in Michigan, yeah, according to Zillow. I mean, yeah. everybody knows Zillow's numbers are off typically. Um, so... If you if they're looking at that number, then you then they've got to honor the the renovation number too. It's only right. fair.
0: Yeah, that's huge. People don't always know that. That Zillow does give estimates for certain renovations, and honestly, I don't know about they're other states, bonkers. but in Michigan, it's like absolutely insane. But like you said, if they're going to point to Zillow and say Zillow says my house is worth this. Well then they're trusting Zillow as a as a le, uh, reliable source of information. Go ahead and scroll down and say, "Okay, it's worth that, but here's also to do a kitchen and bathroom is going to cost $30,000. So, we need to do that plus the roof, plus the floors, plus painting, you know, plus we need new windows whatever. So, you can kind of use those numbers you know both ways I guess. So, but that's that's key to remember their their numbers are definitely going to be higher than than your numbers as investors. So, that's a that's Good. Okay. So that's the, um, my house is worth more. And this one kind of dovetails into that one a little bit. And it's the one where they say, um, you know, you're offering me $75,000. My neighbor's house just sold for 110. What do you say to that? Typically? And I know, I know you would have to know the neighbor's house, but that's sort of the point. Usually the neighbor's house isn't the same, right? Yeah. You nailed
1: it. Right. So that's where it circles back to in the beginning. We were talking about knowing the property that you're going to visit. I know what all the comps that are comparable are that are in that area. Their neighbor's house over 110, if it hasn't shown up in my comps, then it's irrelevant because I tell them, look, I, I ran comps before I came out here and just to see comparable sales and what the value in the, in the neighborhood is right now. So when did your neighbor's house sell? Because if it's more than 90 to 180 days beyond, it's kind of irrelevant. And if it's more than 20% bigger or smaller than your house, it's also kind of irrelevant. They've got a different style of house than you. That's very irrelevant. Um, I don't I don't go at them like that, but that's kind of what we as investors have to know. But that's kind of what I say to them. Look, you know, I, I ran comparable sales and these and and i have a presentation package that has comps if i need them and i go these are the houses that are most comparable to yours that sold recently so i can't speak to your neighbor's house being sold for this but you know what do you have a problem with seventy five thousand? is that a number that will work for you i try to turn it back into getting them to answer the pricing question a little bit more
0: yeah and in the point like you said the the style might be different it might be bigger smaller but also their neighbor's house might be fully renovated, you know, maybe a, maybe a house flipper came through and totally renovated the thing and then then sold it. So in that case it's not it, it could be the same style, the same size, the same everything, but the house you're in was updated in 1965 last time and the neighbor's house was updated this year. So again, not not the same, right? They've already put those renovations into it.
1: Yeah, that that's a great point. That was actually going to be my next one. Is saying that part of it because you're right. It's not a like kind of sale at all. And and just because people hear things, you know, the, the other thing I found is, well, what's your neighbor's address? Okay, well, oh, you mean it was listed for 110? It actually sold for 90. Right. You know, the the, the the oftentimes people reference what it was listed for, not what it actually went to sale for, because most people don't follow that. Right? They they talk to their neighbor. Oh yeah, I've got a list for 110. They sell their house, they move out, and they never hear from them again.
0: Yeah. Totally, totally. Okay, here's the last one that I have, and then if there's any that I, you think I might have missed, we can talk about them. The last one I have is the old I. My brother's a realtor. He said I can get more. I want to talk to him. Oh, perfect. I think you should talk to him before I come out. Awesome. I, I, I mean, I mean, that's that's
1: kind of how it would be. Look, you know, I'm not going to compete with family because you're most likely to go with them. They they say you can get you more. Well, why haven't you listed with them already? exactly
0: and let's say you're out there let's say you're already out they didn't they didn't spring that on until you got out there and let's change it from brother because i know that's a tough one to to (laughs) a realtor a realtor told me i a realtor person i know told me i can get more and that they want to list the house i same question well why didn't you listen with them well i wanted to hear what you were going to offer first
1: okay did they tell you if you had to do anything to the house to get it to a level that would sell for that
0: um, uh, don't know. They, they haven't said they, they sight unseen said I could get, you know, you're offering me 75. They said I should be able to get a hundred for it.
1: Oh, okay. Um, what are their credentials? Because I mean, unfortunately to become a realtor, at least here in Michigan, it's a 40 hour online course. And you know, my little sister, who's not the smartest person in the world could do it. You know, it's, <laughs> I, that's kind of how I go. I mean, I don't necessarily want to try and downgrade the, the art of agents because we have a great one that we work with and a lot of great ones are out there, but People dial a name in the phone book and get a number from somebody that, right. that has maybe zero reference or credibility to them. And the other way I counteract that point is, so say they, they say they can get you 100 grand and typically they want a three to six month signing period. So that means you'd be obligated to sell your house for them for thir- three to six months. What happens if they don't sell it at that number? I mean, it's really no skin off their back. They're not vested. They're not putting any financials into it. They just sign a piece of paper with you and try and put it on the MLS. Right. If they don't sell
0: it, I'll, I'll give you a call.
1: Yep. I mean, that's really what it is. If you, if you have trouble selling it, let me know. But, but here's the other thing, Mr. And Mrs. Seller. This is the one I you... wanted to hear. This is the good there stuff. Go. This is the okay. good one. Yeah. <laughs> I had to warm up into it. No, it's all Here, right. <laughs> here's, here's the thing, Mr. And Mrs. Seller. Once you put it on the MLS, now you're basically going to prove the market for us. We're taking the risk at this point in time. But if you put on the MLS and you call me back, I know that that number's wrong and that my number's probably wrong then, too. So I'm going to have to reduce my pricing because once you have it out there, everybody's seeing it. And, and if they're telling you it's not worth that, then I can't pay that or even close to that because I've got to make an, a money on this opportunity as well. And, and once you do that, you're assuming all the risk.
0: Yeah, and that's probably the coolest and the best and honestly the most honest answer you can give. And this is the one that people worry about, right? Like students that we get and people we talk to that are newer, I, you know, they don't want to mention a realtor because oh, if they if I mention a realtor, they might sell to a realtor. No, they thought about the realtor option already. And if they go <laughs> that route, if they go that route and they can't sell their house, like you said, you explained to them you can go sell it to a, through a realtor. That's great. You might get more. But you are taking the risk in that case right if you sell to us today we're taking the risk that the number that we think it can sell for when we're done renovating or whatever we're taking that risk but if you go out there and you prove the market and you come back to us we know you couldn't get what you wanted at that point you have you've shown us that we were overvaluing your house and we're going to have to lower our offer because you just proved our market for us so it's a really interesting thing like Sometimes people can get more going through a realtor. But a lot of times when they've called us, it's because their house has a lot of issues or, or, or there's something going on there where it just didn't make sense to go straight to a realtor from the beginning. And if we're offering them 70 and the realtor says, then get 110. And then we will look at the MLS and they listed it for 110. And then it went down to 105 and then 100 and then 95 and then 80. And, they, and then they come back to us. It's like well wow thank you we we almost made a huge mistake we were gonna buy your house for 75 and try to sell it for whatever 1 110 or 120 and you just showed us that we're never gonna get that now we're offering you 50 or 40 you know what I mean like the number changes so it is it is true it's not a scare tactic it's the truth if they go out there and they can't get what they want they've just told us what the market won't pay so we have to lower our price
1: yeah I mean it's a really good tactic. And, and, it, and like Mike said, it's a hundred percent honest, but you know, there's other little key points that you can throw in there as well. Cause if you've done a good job of uncovering their needs and wants, typically there's some sort of timing issue or money issue. And what you're going to be able to tell them is, well, you know, if you go through an age that they're going to have inspections and that takes a lot of time, you know, not an inspection like we just did, you know, where it took 10, 15, 20 minutes, they're going to be here for four hours, crawling through every square inch. And you know what an inspector's job is to do to find stuff. And they always do. doesn't matter. And then you've got to deal with the mortgage company. So best case scenario is you're maybe done in a month or two after you get it sold to somebody. And then you got to pay the commissions and you know people back out or mortgages fall through. And have you dealt with appraisals ever? Because they are screwy sometimes. And you could have your house sold for $120,000 and then the appraisal comes back at 115. It just happened to my brother-in-law, except he was on the winning side of that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And and those are again, it's all true, but a lot of times people don't know that there's going to be an inspector coming through for 4 hours with a ladder and a flashlight in his mouth crawling through your attic, right? Or they don't know that that what appraisers can do to a deal. And it's all true. It's not it's not just to scare them, it's to give them a little dose of reality. And then when they come back and go, "Oh yeah, you know, the inspector came through and said we have to we have to get a new roof and a new furnace and we don't have $15,000 to spend on those things or you know we tried to sell it we found a buyer but the appraisal didn't come back good and and so with the the buyer backed out because you know whatever so or we couldn't bring money to the table and the buyer backed out so all these things can happen and it's very important that they understand that but if they decide to go that route and then they come back to us It's a whole different negotiation because they've already shown us what they're not going to be able to get, right? The the market showed us what, what it'll bear, and it's going to mean that we're going to probably reduce our price. So yeah, so those are a lot of the ones that I remember. Now, you're out there in the field from time to time, and certainly you handle the sales staff in our company. Are there any other ones that I miss that are big hitters that you hear a lot?
1: No, I don't think so. You know, there's a few like those ones you mentioned are probably the most common. But you're gonna find a, a million different styles oh, yeah. of objections. That's the thing. So, you know, you've, you've got to be quick on your feet a little bit. You've got to be understanding. And and the stuff we're telling you isn't to try and hoodwink anybody. It's it's truly it's trying to be honest with people and you know put your best foot forward and just explain. It. Look, you know we're investors. We need to make money on this. There's no nothing wrong. With that you probably will make more money with an agent, but we can do X, Y, and Z in a way that they can't. So. What we're always trying to do is find win wins. We're not trying to steal anybody's house. That that would never be good for us or our business or our reputation. We're trying to truly do the best thing we can for these people, and that's what you have to have in mind when you're talking to everybody as a salesperson. You know, what is the best solution for them? And then how does that dovetail into us? We refer a lot of our leads over to agents just because it's not a right fit for us or them. So you know you. you You've got to understand that what your goal to do is find the best situation for them. If you could put the best foot forward, oftentimes they'll trust your honesty enough that sometimes they'll just take a discount because they like you and you were honest with them. And they might have already known all that stuff. They just wanted to see what kind of character you had.
0: Yeah, totally. Absolutely. And I think you've mentioned it a few times throughout this, but... You know, we tell them we're we're investors. This is a business for us. We need to make money, so we can't offer you one hundred and ten thousand dollars for your house that, when it's fully renovated, will be worth one hundred and ten thousand dollars. It's just there's no way to make money in that scenario. So in that case, yeah, we have a fantastic realtor that we work very closely with, and he he can help you. But we're not going to be able to help you as investors. But oftentimes, it's not just the money, or it's not even the money at all. It's not that's not their point, right? Like. For example, I, I don't want to get into the specifics, but you just talked to someone yesterday when I was in the office, we were talking, and it, uh, uh, it was a situation where basically you offered this person a certain amount of money and they're like, yeah, whatever, I just want to be done with this, right? So yep. it, it wasn't even – like honestly, you could have offered less or in, in this particular case, almost nothing because they didn't care. It was just they wanted the problem to go away. And whatever we offered them was fine. They're like, fine, whatever. Yep, good. Let's just get it done. right?" So it's not always money. It's counterintuitive to us as investors because we're looking at returns on investment and what are we spending on marketing and what revenue we bring. Right? We're business people. But a lot of times, it's just to them, it's a nuisance. It's a headache. It might even be a nightmare to have this house in their life. So sometimes they just want to get rid of it. So it's not always about price. And like you said, sometimes people sell to us just because they like us better than the next person. It's just, it's just the way it's human nature, right? You deal with people that you like. If someone comes in your house and that you just don't like them, you're probably not going to sell it to them at any price because you just don't like them. So there's a, there's a little bit of that too, where the honesty, the genuine listening and caring and trying to solve problems, where that kind of shines through and can help you even more than the money you're offering them. Absolutely. All right, man. Well, listen. That those are the things I want to talk about this week. Seller objections. Number one. Number two. Real quick. Uh, we won't spend a lot of time on it because it sort of feels like we're like we're just uh, I don't know bragging, but or 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 rubbing it <laughs> in, rubbing it in a little bit. But you and I are going with our wives uh, to Fiji. Uh, In a couple of weeks, and it is uh, basically something we won from being in a a high level coaching program. Uh, I think people, most anyone who's listening to us, who knows us and knows us from the house flipping formula and and seven figure flipping, they understand we we were in a contest uh, about a little over a year ago. Uh, We joined a high level mastermind, the seven figure flipping with Justin Williams, and uh, Justin put out a challenge to the group: the first uh, company that that surpasses a million dollars in revenue for that year. Would get a trip to, at the time it was Hawaii. I think we massaged him into Fiji. But anyway, so we're going on that trip, a uh, trip that we won. We will be out for a few weeks. And, you know, this will be a real great stress test because I've been gone for a while and you've been kind of holding down the fort. And then you've been gone at times and I've held down the fort. It's rare that you and I go anywhere together where we can't. Kind of like check in with the team, so it'll be interesting and fun. And, and the really the wrinkle to this, and the, and the reason it's so interesting, is because we've just had a lot of turnover in our company. So like the most senior member of our company has only been here like four or five months. So it uh, <laughs> should be. It sh- I'm super excited about it. Actually, I think everyone's going to do awesome. I think we've built an awesome team. So I'm not worried about it at all. But it is kind of good to talk about. The fact that, hey, sometimes if you build a company the right way, you can leave. You can be gone and, and things still happen when you're gone.
1: Yeah, I, I totally agree. I'm super excited. Um, Steph has a rule. Whenever we go on vacation, she takes my phone and locks it in the safe, and I don't know what the code is. So <laughs> I'm going to be totally unplugged.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna, I'm definitely going to unplug too. I'm not flying all the way there to sit on the phone and text back and forth. Everyone can handle it. We empower our people. We, we give them the authority to make decisions. And at this point, if they don't know what to do, then we might ha- not have the right person, right? So uh, I, I think it's going to be awesome and fun, and I'm looking forward to it. So We'll definitely be out of commission for a few weeks, but um, we'll, we'll probably be doing some Facebook Live and, and uploading some stuff just to keep everyone in the loop <laughs> and rub it yeah. in a little bit. I don't know, You have anything else you want to say, Mike, before we go about this topic uh, seller objections or anything?
1: No, I mean, just don't be afraid to have conversations with people. You know, they're just people. You're just a person.
0: Talk to people. Yeah, totally. I agree, man. All right, guys, uh, that's it for us this week. Uh, hopefully, we will talk to you again next week and have uh, another subject that, that that we know is burning in your mind, the things you and things that you want to know and things you need help with. Uh, but for this week, this is Mike and Mike saying, see you later. All right, that's it for this episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I think you did. I know that I really enjoyed presenting it to you and I really enjoyed giving you this content and I hopefully it's something that you can take something from, right? That's the whole idea here. If you can take one concept, one idea, one strategy, one thing that you heard and apply it to your business to make it better, then I will consider what I've done here a success. Now to that end, I do wanna talk to you for a moment. I've kind of alluded to it in this episode and, and past episodes. I can tell you this, guys. Uh, I used to be a little bit anti-coaching, a little bit anti-education, and part of it's because there's a lot of really kind of cheesy educators out there that really don't deliver any any real great uh, uh, material or advice or direction, and maybe they haven't even been doing real estate in a number of years, right? They're just sort of like recycling techniques that they were been talking about for decades, but I will tell you, I have completely changed my philosophy. It wasn't that I didn't think education was important, but I just thought, eh, I can can do it without it. I don't need anybody's help, I can figure it out on my own. And I can tell you, after about four or five years of struggling and trying to figure things out and just not being able to do that, once I decided to invest my time and my money in education, Everything changed for me. And I'm telling you, everything changed for me. Uh, The business skyrocketed, right? They talk about the hockey stick effect, right? When you're looking at a graph and it's like it goes up like a hockey stick. That's exactly what my business did. And it made me understand fully and finally that. What I was lacking in my business is education, and guys, I really want to be there for you when it comes to education. Hopefully, this podcast is delivering some good education to you. Uh, but sometimes you need a little bit more. Sometimes you need a little bit more direct, you know, coaching and someone to kind of come in and look at your business specifically and not give you generalities or just kind of general concepts, which let's be face let's face it free information has to be sort of general because we're not working one on one right so this podcast i can't give everybody listening specific guidance on their business on the podcast because it just wouldn't apply to everyone necessarily right so what i would like to propose and what i'd like to make available is coaching one-on-one coaching for you, right? That may take on various forms and, and you may be in different places, right? So the best thing that I can do for you is allow you to schedule time with me to talk about your business, just a free consultation, right? 15, 20 minutes maybe. Talk about your business and find out if there's some way or some thing that's missing in terms of maybe coaching or maybe it's just a little concept or some little thing that you can tweak but oftentimes, coaching and, and higher education is the way to go, and I know it was for me. And I resisted it for years because I just didn't. I was honestly, I was being cheap, and I and I was kind of thinking I could just do it on my own. I realized I couldn't. I got the help that I needed, and wow, I'm telling you, the difference is is phenomenal. I mean, hockey stick effect times times ten. So, what I would like to do, if you go to my website and and click on the left hand side there, there's a banner that says. Talk to me about coaching and there's no obligation. You know, I'm not trying to, you know, force you into anything, but I'd like to have a chance to talk to you one on one and see if education makes sense for you. And if there's something I can do to help you or some good fit that we can that we can come up with. I'd like to do that, guys, because I really want to see you succeed. The podcast is awesome, and I think it gives you some little tips and things that you can take away. But if you really want to take your business to the next level, and you don't want to wait years and years and years and do trial and error and make your mistakes and all that, if you want to bypass a lot of that and really turbocharge things, go to my website. Click on that banner that says "Talk to Me About Education," and uh, I'll hop on the phone with you for a few minutes, and we'll talk about it and see if anything makes sense, guys. So. For now, that's it for for this episode, but go out there and really take life by the horns and just just take your business on and, and just kill it in 2017, guys. Okay, until next time, if investing in real estate is your dream, there's only one way you can make it a reality. Just start.